0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for
1: everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk, and find the All Steelers Talk Audible collection anywhere you get your podcast. I'm Noah Strackbein, joined on this lovely Saturday morning, the end. Of week one of training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers by my boy, Derek, the kid, bell, Derek. It's been a fun week. I won't lie. The trouble's been great. I got poured on twice. Not upset about it whatsoever, but I am out of shoes. Besides that, I think we're starting to see a lot of the headlines that I want to say we made up. You know what I mean? Like that we had in our heads of how this was going to pan out are certainly changing, which only makes this more interesting, but as always, it's a beautiful morning here in the Berg. I feel my friend,
0: rising, shine, baby, rising, shine. Yeah, <laughs> chilling, chilling. Yeah, um, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. I know for you, obviously, getting to see it, you know, firsthand. But just following along with your all's kind of like reporting has been you know interesting i'm just glad we get to talk about some real football you know like you said not yeah you know made up scenarios or we've you know went through just about every like discussion point i feel like in the off season so it's cool now that uh you know football is actually back finally yeah
1: i feel that wednesday no tuesday tuesday at that first practice like I walked in there, and I felt like a kid in a candy store. I was like, I cannot wait for actual football. I'm so done talking about Deontay Johnson's contract, Big Ben, whatever he says. Will Kenny Pickett start? We don't even know who Kenny Pickett is yet. Like, I was so excited walking in there. And we we learned a lot. I mean, we we definitely did. That first week, I think, showed a lot of people way more than we expected. I kind of expected a very slow week. No pads on. They They're running a lot of team drills. It's a lot of seven-on-sevens, like, what are you going to see? You're going to see the same stuff that you see in minicamp. I honestly think so much has changed, and I don't know why. I guess that would just be the environment, but the Steelers are actually putting things out there that you see are newsworthy. Kenny Pickett is obviously all over Twitter for, I would say, struggles. Um, George Pickens and Calvin Austin are blowing up the world, and It's incredible. Um, guys like DeMonte KZ are laying guys out with no pads on. It's a fun time. It's definitely a fun time. I think we got to start with Kenny though. Me and you talked and I, I said this about a million times, so I'll be the first one to admit that I'm probably wrong, but I pushed the Mason Rudolph should not be on this roster. It should be Kenny Pickett as the backup. That's a no brainer for three months and then I watched one football practice and then I watched two football practices and then I watched three football practices and I realized I was a complete idiot and I need to stop trying to talk before I have anything to justify it. Kenny Pickett, I would say he just looks like the game is moving faster than he is, which as a rookie, that's going to happen. You see that all the time. Is there any concern because he's a quarterback and because he was, classified as the most pro ready that were a week into training camp and and things are just kind of moving slow
0: yeah i mean <clears throat> i won't be too concerned but obviously from your perspective it's a little bit different than mine just because you were there this week and i wasn't um yeah. you know so it's hard for me i'm trying to like visualize some of the things that you're describing and i'm seeing described on social media as far as like his struggles um you know for kenny in particular man like this he we we do have to remember that he is new to this offense um and not just the offense but um you know the playing field all right so you know mitch trubisky um he's been a vet you know for a little bit now he's not a young pup anymore uh he's been in the league you know four or five years this is mason rudolph's you know what fifth season in Pittsburgh? So, a um, couple offensive coordinators, but you know he's been in the system. He's been around the guys, so those guys have the experience kind of factor in their kind of favor. And with Kenny, I feel like for him, it's just like you said, if it's moving too fast, it could just be him just trying to get adjusted. So I don't, I don't want to say it's a, it's necessarily a red flag. Um, if we're still talking about this, you know, after like, we'll say like week one or week two of preseason then i think we really need to start evaluating like okay this isn't going to be mason rudolph getting traded uh preseason so that kenny can be the backup and they um it's probably going to be a situation where he like legitimately will be the number three guy and then active for the season barring injury or really major struggles by the two guys ahead of him
1: yeah i agree i think that right now I'm trying super hard not to jump the gun on things and just evaluate it as Kenny Pickett is struggling. It is what it is. That's what I'm seeing. I would say that when you watch him, and and you'll see that this week for for everybody watching, Derek will be at training camp Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I believe, Um, checking out everything. So we'll have plenty of content there. The thing with Kenny is his processing when it comes to the reads is much slower than you would like much slower than you need it to be. And you said this before the podcast that he loves to roll out to his right and make plays on the run. And I honestly think that Kenny works best when he's outside the pocket, but that's starting to concern me because maybe Kenny worked best when he was outside the pocket because he processed things a little bit slower than you need to. And I was talking to somebody yesterday who gave Joe Burrow as an example. Joe Burrow doesn't really have all of the super flashy, physical, natural ability, you know, quarterback attributes that you want, but he reads things so quickly. The NFL game is so slow to him. And I think that's what makes great quarterbacks, obviously. Can can that slow down? Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it's, it's never going to happen, but what's, like, the normal time frame for a guy – to say like okay now it's starting to come into place things are starting to slow down.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it happens for um, guys you know at different times. I yeah. mean, you know who knows how long it's going to take. Um, you know, for Kenny, like we talked about the jump in competition level. You know, the ACC, you know, and the NFL speed are completely different. You know, the yeah, ACC is yeah, yeah. a good conference. I know it's it's been down, but um, the NFL speed, especially. Um, a team like the Steelers that has, you know, a pretty deep, I feel like defensive side of the football. Um, there's going to be some struggles there for me. It's just, um, I do wonder, you know, in college, how he was able to kind of just outrun like edge rushers to the outside and kind of scramble and get on the move. And like you said, that's really where he kind of excelled. Like he's a completely different player out of the pocket. Like I thought on his tape, um, I thought he was more accurate on the run than he was standing still, which is like, you know, a, a crazy, unique thing for a quarterback. Um, you know, but again, I think, like you said, just taking it in stride and just trying to remember that, you know, we're only on day three and it's early, um, yeah. you know, and we, 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 we talked about this a lot too, just trying to caution everybody into thinking that, um, you know, Kenny, He's probably almost assuredly not going to be Ben when Ben was a rookie. Like those things don't happen um, very often. Um, So I think just patience is the right kind of play here. Um, And I'm excited to see like it'll be good for us to kind of see his development over like week one to week two, week three. Um, So I'm looking forward to that as well, even if we don't get a chance to see him like early in the regular season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I would like to see kenny in two weeks compared to right now because i mean there's a lot of factors i think that aren't getting brought up like the fact that there's fans is nerve-wracking you could say whatever you want but if you're going to play in front of 300 people you know that's different than standing in Southside and throwing a football to to, you know pretty much air different situation now things count so that's going to add nerves on top of that your rep counts much lower than it was at minicamp it's a, you know, the people you're playing with aren't the people that you're necessarily super familiar with or that you were training with during this break. Plus, you got to you got to shake off some rust. You know, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, to, it took three passes. I'm sure you've heard about this. It took three passes for some yinzer to be like, get Kenny in there. I think the <laughs> best part of that, though, was once Kenny threw the interception at to end practice,
0: you heard another guy be like,
1: all right, never mind, never mind. <laughs>
0: no, I was like, I was like so- all right. All right. So with with Kenny too, I think it's you know it's interesting because um, following behind Ben is going to be different. It's going to be difficult to do for all of these quarterbacks just because the expectation and the standard for quarterback play over the last two decades has been so incredibly high, you know. And that's following up behind that was going to be difficult for anybody. But I I think with Kenny's situation too, being the hometown hero that kind of finally brought pit football back to being like what everyone around here kind of envisioned it being, um, Heisman candidate, you know, kind of this, the storybook kind of feel right now, staying in Pittsburgh playing here for professional. Um, I think that's a lot of pressure and you mentioned that too, like, there's a lot going on. You're the first round pick. Um, so there is a lot of pressure, um, but, you know, we'll have to see how he kind of adjusts to that. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in seeing that, that as Tom kind of moves on.
1: Yeah, me too. Definitely me too. And I think that you're you're dead on. I mean, you see guys like Andrew Filippone of the fan who are like just freaking out in this deal, freaking <laughs> out. And I'm like, that's not helping the situation. Like but, it's, you know, they under the coaches understand how guys should be playing it.
0: And, and the funny thing, too, is like the people I feel like a lot of the people freaking out are the people that's not there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like no, exactly. If 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 it was you or if it was Nick or somebody like that, that was like literally watching this dude in practice for three days and you all had that take. I would still think it's premature, but at least you've seen it with your own two eyes. Now, if I get on here and I'm immediately telling everybody like dude's a bust can't play <laughs> never gonna play like you all would i hope look at me like what the, what the hell is this dude talking about because i mean yep. i don't know how you would even make comments like that um no shade to pony man he knows what he's no doing, no no but, yeah um, yeah. He, he's a yeah, master i think that's at ridiculous this. yeah i agree professional I agree.
1: He, is, he is he is he is so good at what he does i will give him that Outside of that, the other two quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph has impressed me. I will say that he's definitely impressed me to the point where he's consistent and he looks the most comfortable running the offense. I think that was going to be an obvious observation, though, because like you just said, he's been here five years. You understand what this is. Third season with. Matt Canada, one as a quarterback coach, two as an offensive coordinator. Like he understands what Canada's looking for and what this offense is. He's had these guys for a couple of years, the guys around him. Mitch looks like he he looks fine. He starts slow every day, which it hasn't concerned me yet, but something to watch because he is a he's a veteran. Like he shouldn't be starting 0 for four every day for a week straight. He should be starting 0-4 on day one and then slowly progressing as the week goes on. I will say uh, my biggest concern with Mason, because he does look comfortable, is that anytime he throws a football more than 15 yards, it's wobbly and super out of the way from where a wide receiver is. He has no accuracy. I mean, uh, uh, two questions. Is it your thoughts on... Mitch starting slow because it, it it's been slow every day. He, uh day one he started oh for 4. Yesterday I think he went 0 for 3 um on 7 shots and granted defensive backs love to play to to you know it, pass interference is non-existent but all over <laughs> the place when there's no refs. So over 3 yesterday and I I want to say he maybe he was like 2 for 2 the day before and then when it comes to Mason can you actually win playing that conservative of football because he's not going to be able to to launch a football deep.
0: Yeah. I I'll be honest. I I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about or worrying about or um factoring Mason into the equation <laughs> until we get a little further on. Like again, okay. I know you guys have seen it and I I've, I've seen that he's played um, maybe the most consistent football out of those guys. And I don't think that that's overly surprising given that he's the one familiar with the team, the offense, the skill positions around him. Yeah. Um, but we won't go into it too further. But, like, if Mason <laughs> does win this job, which, again, yeah. we're, I'm not going to go into it too far. If Mason wins his job, we're going to be having a different conversation because that's not good. Like, we've talked about good scenarios and bad scenarios going into the season. That's worst-case scenario, in my opinion, for a lot of reasons. Um, oh, yeah. But in terms of mid-starting slow, um, I think it's just an acclimation period, really, for everybody involved. Um, you know, I'm not really going to look too far into it. Um, we'll see if that kind of trend continues. Um, you know, I, I would like for the Steelers in general to start faster in games this year. I mean, I think we all know kind of that Um, that's been a trend for several, several years now, you know, they kind of don't wake up until middle of the second quarter when they're going no huddle and everything else. It would be nice if the offense like played well in the first quarter of games. Um, So that's something that's definitely notable if that continues over to the preseason or, you know, to September football.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, if, That's why I'm trying really hard to hold back on all these observations and just look at it all with a grain of salt. Like it's week one, it is what it is. But at the same time, you know, three days in, I started to think like, okay, at some point Mitch has got to click. You know, I I would expect I'm my leash might be a little shorter. I'm gonna if if it's not by the end of next week where you could see like, oh, this is getting better. I'm as crazy as this sounds, I'm gonna start looking at Mason as a real candidate to at least at least push for it. I'm not saying that he's that he's gonna win. You know, I agree with you. You walk into the football to the regular season with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback, and it's oh it's over. Like you don't what are you what are you gonna accomplish? You have it, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, and Calvin Austin who have and Deontay Johnson, who could work 15 plus yards beautifully, and a quarterback who throws to tight ends and running backs. Not not it, good.
0: It's one of those things where I think like we would have a different conversation and be concerned because you you signed a quarterback early in free agency who a lot of people thought was you know arguably um, one of the top two or three best free agent quarterbacks available um, and then you drafted the only quarterback to be drafted in what the first like ninety picks of the draft yeah um the nfl hated this quarterback class everyone hated it except the Steelers. so you did both of those things and neither one of those guys were able to beat out the guy you had <laughs> and that fans were trying to run out of you know town the year before because he couldn't uh beat a winless Lions team so um Again, that that conversation I think is something that we can have here in a couple of weeks if we're if we're still getting that vibe that he actually has like a legitimate shot. But could, I really do could, feel like this is Trubisky's job to really lose, yeah. and I think he's going to have to play extremely poorly both in camp and when the games start, preseason games, um, in order to lose the job. In my yeah, opinion, I, I
1: agree. Could you imagine the narrative of? Like the 30 for 30 of Kevin Colbert of just like pretty much a flawless career. The dude just did everything right. And then you see the interview clip of him being like, I'm trying to, I want to leave this team with its next franchise quarterback. And then it starts showing highlights of a really bad Mitchell Trubisky and like an even (laughs) worse Kenny Pickett. I could just see that perfectly. All right. Steve's got some questions in the chat. Um, is mitz challenging the playmakers learning what he could get away with like can't give gentry contested passes pick and pick pick pickens wins 50 50 balls um i'm i'm gonna say no just because i don't think he has that authority right now i i don't think that his mindset is i'm going to see what these guys are capable of i think it's more i need to prove that i'm the best quarterback and i think just to answer the second one that's what we want him to be doing right i don't i don't think so i don't think yet maybe during the season to adjust himself to the offense to see you know how talented these guys are but i think right now the mindset should be we want to build a flawless offense and prove that we have the right pieces in place and then go from there, right?
0: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement there. I don't know that Mitch is um, that type of quarterback to kind of be experimenting. Uh, we'll just say that um, early on like that, kind of when he's trying to compete for his job too. Um, yeah. And I really think that that's probably at the forefront of his mind. I will say to your point though, Steve, um, about Pickens, I mean, we've already seen videos Um, And Noah's talked a little bit about um, Pickens' ability to win with the football in the air. That's really, really um, a huge thing that I think he brings to the offense. And um, they finally, I feel like, may have a receiver that wins a lot of those 50-50 balls, which is huge, man. I mean, I really think that that's going to be something that's going to come in handy um, early on in the season because I think he's going to get plenty of playing time and plenty of looks regardless of, you know, what happens with Deontay, him being back in the fold, Um, I just think Pickens is going to be too talented of a dude to keep off the field.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Pickens. I mean, we'll hold the Jordan Howard talk for a little bit. We'll go to, we'll go Pickens and Calvin Austin Pickens and Calvin Austin. Okay. I came in here with very high expect, huge expectations for George Pickens. Like I expected him to be the best wide receiver on the field because I didn't expect Deontay to practice Calvin Austin. I expected to somewhat fade and just, you know, be I my role for him this year was like fourth, maybe fifth receiver, not getting a whole ton of playing time. Like, got to remember, he's a fifth, he's a fourth round pick. You know, what are the expectations? Two things. First one, George Pickens is how he went. 52 picks is mind blowing. I don't, he could have punched his head coach in the face. I'm still taking him as the first wide receiver off the board. The man is ridiculous. He runs like a gazelle. It's effortless. He literally floats through the air. He's the nicest human being in the world, which blows my mind. How people are like, oh, he's got attitude issues. No, he doesn't. He, no, he, no, he doesn't. He's a sweetheart. He's a great dude. Um, on top of that, he's got insane athletic ability. He always understands where the open part of the field is. It's like a natural connection with whoever's that quarterback that it's just like, oh, okay, Pickens is going to be right here because that's where the hole is. And just like you said, I mean, yesterday, the dude caught a ball, went through a Witherspoon's hands. He did a 360 in the air caught the football landed on his feet in bounds on the sideline and then juked out two guys. The day before that, he had a toe tap um, down the, the left sideline from somebody. Mitch. I mean, just a monster. Yeah. Was it wasn't Mitch, a monster. Mm-hmm. And then Calvin Austin, everybody knows about the screen pass day one. That was, you know, electric. And since then he's working reverses. They did a little shuffle pass to him yesterday. I mean, These two, these two are, are fun. They are going to be very, very, very fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see. um, I think Pickens is going to make a lot of my draft takes look really good. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Uh, I may have to go back and snag some screenshots of some videos. Um, But yeah, I mean, the thing with George, I think that's going to make him so quarterback friendly is just, you know, it gives them another option. To be press coverage because that's something that you know he did a pretty good job at at Georgia, and then I just think like you're already kind of seeing a little bit at least in the couple clips that I've seen um, of the body control. I mean that was something that was really evident on his tape at Georgia, um, his ability to kind of contort his body and win in the air and always be under control is just so impressive. Um, it's important too, like I mean again. Um, a lot of Steelers fans, I feel like, are ready to induct this dude into the Hall of Fame after three practices. So I'm trying yeah, to, I don't blame him. even though I am I was, you know, a big driver on the Pickens uh, pre-draft bandwagon, um, I'm trying to stay realistic. But at the same time, like, it's so hard not to get excited about him because this kid's literally only 21 years old. Like, I mean, there's I there's know. so much talent um, with this kid. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to be awesome to see, man, if he can really put it together um, especially here, he's with the right head coach, you know, to kind of keep his head on straight. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun, fun time. Um, seeing him kind of develop. Yeah. Do you, I don't think
1: I'd put Pickens back at pump returner. And I think Gunner still Gunner Oleski still has Olszewski still has a much better opportunity than anybody else there. Do you think Calvin Austin, I, I don't know how much tape you've watched of Calvin Austin. Yeah. Do you disagree with that one?
0: I, I I I don't disagree with what you said. I am I'm, I'm just I'm I have a thought on that. Yeah, what is your thought on Gunner? My my thought is that I think Calvin's going to take his job. I was just going to say that. Do you think Calvin I Like I don't
1: know. I haven't watched much tape of Calvin as a punt returner, <laughs> but he does like he's just so twitchy. I mean, but at the same time Gunner is Gunner's ability to stop and go is very impressive. Like, that can't, it's not like Gunner's just like a Ryan Switzer. Like, he's very good at what he does. Um, but Calvin is, I mean, Calvin's 21 years old at 22 years old and, you know, a monster.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, Calvin doesn't have a ton of kick return experience. Mm -hmm. But I just think, like, what what we saw with the screen pass, and again, it's one play, and I get it. But Calvin's speed is legit. Like, we saw it all on tape. Like, you watch his tape um, at Memphis. The tape matches what he ran at the combine, like 100%. And um, I just think that he's a guy that they're going to, if he plays, especially if he plays well, like, throughout camp um, and in the preseason, he's going to be a guy where they're like, all right, He's a number four receiver on our team. We can't really get him a ton of snaps, but like we've got to find a way to get this dude the ball like two to three times a game just in the chance that he can break one deep. And that's that's my thing when I saw, like really when they selected Calvin, I was like double dipping at receiver that early was kind of surprising, but they kind of said they did it because he was so high on their board. They were like, this is great value. We have to take advantage of this. And I just think that getting him back there on punt returns, you know, he returned a couple punts, four touchdowns in college, I think two, oh, yeah. um, it, but he never, I don't think, returned kicks. So that'll be something that I'm sure they'll give him the opportunity to do, hopefully in the preseason. But that was in my 53-man roster prediction. That was one of the things that I put in there that I think, like my bold prediction for the preseason is that he scores a touchdown on special teams and wins that job because of oh. that. Oh, So I just, I really do think um, Calvin's such a fun player with the ball in his hands, man. You talk about a guy that once he gets the ball kind of has a different level of vision than most receivers. I just think when he gets in the open field, um, especially in preseason, you know, he's going to probably have some opportunities in the second half against guys that aren't probably the primarily special teams guys. They're trying to crack some rosters, and I just think he's going to be able to take advantage. I don't know. We'll see if that looks good or bad here in a couple weeks, but that's my hot take. Do you? So
1: if he wins the return job, do you think that... Do you keep Gunner? What's your wide receiver rotation if Gunner's not a a returner?
0: Yeah, it would... For me, I, I don't think... I think Gunner has to win the job for him to make the roster. Obviously, I think Calvin's a lock. Just because a fourth-round pick, if they had that high of a grade on him, um, he's going to be a lock regardless.
1: Could you imagine letting him go to the – just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to hope he makes it through
0: waivers, put him on practice
1: squad. Not that Steelers Nation lose their mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, like, kind of what I think my prediction was that Calvin wins the – if he wins the punt returner drive um, and he's wide receiver four, I think a guy like Miles Boykin could be wide receiver five. And he would round out that position group. Boykin's a guy who could play gunner. I mean, he plays special teams. He was kind of a cap casualty cut um, in Baltimore since he met his performance escalators. Um, so he's a guy that I think is perfect for that kind of role. For one, it gives him another boundary receiver. You know, you kind of got your slot guys, which is going to be you know Chase Calvin, maybe George a little bit, and then you yeah. got your boundary guys, which will probably just be George Deontay chase if you need him to and then um you know boinkin can can slide out there too so um we'll kind of see what happens that's just that's kind of the way i i I look at it just from like a talent perspective and maybe that's me underselling you know what gunner is
1: i mean maybe gunner is gunner looked really impressive in minicamp he was at wide receiver but I took that as, like, I kept reminding myself, like, we have to see what happens when he puts pads on because things, you know, your ability to be that open changes when, for one, you have a full defense on you, and two, you have pads on, people are hitting you at the line of scrimmage, so on and so forth. Just to answer Steve's question here, uh, this defense is actually playing a lot of zone more than man. They are playing a little bit of man, but either way, George is fine in the open spots pretty much on every single play. And then when he is one-on-one with somebody nine times out of 10, he's going to win that battle. So it's, it's been very impressive to go to the other side of the football real quick before we talk running backs. Robert Splaine has been running with a group of ones. I don't want to say the ones, but he's in the mix at inside linebacker with Devin Bush and miles Jack. They've all been rotating it's too early to say anything of whether or not Robert Splane should start, I think. But something very interesting to me is I was told by, man, I want to get this right. It might have been Kaboli, might have been Mark Kaboli, that he talked to Terrell Austin and Austin told him that he wouldn't have last year, uh, the three man rotation between Spillane Bush and Joe Schobert wouldn't have been his way of thinking. I don't know how to interpret that. I think you could interpret that as in Joe Schobert was really bad. He probably would have taken him off the field, or he doesn't want a three man rotation at inside linebacker. Do you, what way do you interpret that first off? Because I think that changes what question I have
0: yeah i mean i think that's going to be what they've got to figure out right i mean the inside linebacker position was a problem last year and it wasn't yes. just showbert it was devin um you know devin and um joe really struggled last year and some of that was the guys playing in front of them you know they had a they lost tyson alalalo early in the season um But they need better inside linebacker play. And I I think, you know, you're asking a lot out of Miles Jack and Devin Bush to both have bounce back seasons. Um, But what I thought was really interesting, though, it was funny. You told me this this morning. I didn't know that Spillane had been like rotating in that closely. But what I did think was interesting, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I guess when they reported Tomlin specifically went out of his way to talk about the rotate like the the depth or the competition of the guys at the inside linebacker position. Yep. And as soon as he said that, my first thought was they might not be giving Devin this starting job, like just handed to him. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I think that that's interesting. I'm not saying I disagree with that at all. Cause I mean, I don't think that the way that Devin played last season deserve, like deserves any type of thing handed to him. Um, yeah. you got to kind of see if he can bounce back. So, um, do I think that a three man rotation of those three is ideal? I don't know that it's ever really great if you're having to rotate guys in like that Um, Mm -hmm. because it it tells me that you're not really comfortable, I guess with your starters. Um, But we'll kind of see, I mean, I think what you would love to see is like one of those guys kind of win the job, you know, like kind of really have a great camp, but Spillane kind of, had a bad camp last year, and that's what lost true. him the job last year. So, true. Uh, we'll have to see what kind of happens with the with with that uh, rotation.
1: I mean, Spillane's already got a pick against Trubisky. I'm pretty sure a nice interception. Like, a, it was a really nice play. Um, so i I think that he does look good. If I mean Devin, if you start Devin over Spillane, there's just some. I guess basic understanding that Spillane isn't like the top tier talent that you're like, Oh, I have to get him on the field. If you start Spillane over Bush, do you have that same train of thought or is your thought like, okay, well, you know, Devin lost the job, but Devin's got capabilities. He just hasn't hit that potential.
0: Yeah, that would, that would be a little bit of a um, disappointment for me. And I I think I think really what I'm looking for Devin to do this year is just be, be competent. Like I don't necessarily (laughs) like, I don't think that I don't think that it's realistic to expect Devin to ever live up to like that draft day trade, but like if they just can get solid inside linebacker play from him this year and then we'll see what happens moving forward. If he, you know, they bring him back, if they move on, whatever happens, but I think that is a realistic outcome, but I think if he loses the job, I think immediately like your mind kind of goes to like, dang, this is a bust. You know what I'm saying? Bad. Like we start kind of having to wonder like, yeah, this probably worked out close to worst case scenario um, for, for the haul that we gave up to go getting. you know? So um, like I said, I think he will win the job, I hope, or maybe that's just me being optimistic, um, but we'll we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm. I was more optimistic that we'd see more Buddy Johnson. I don't think that's going to happen, which stinks because I would like to see Buddy Johnson at least contribute to some, like just to get an opportunity to contribute. I, I'm not going to say that he's good or not because I I just want to see if he's good or not. I think that playing kind of shuts that
0: down. And. And that kind of sucked last year, right? Because, yeah, I mean, the Steelers were given literally anyone with a pulse a chance to play. Dude, Marcus the Allen started season. a game. Buddy Johnson <laughs> yeah. couldn't get on the field. It yeah. made no sense to me. But, like, if if Buddy doesn't get hurt, I think that he does get the chance later in the yeah. season, especially at least in, like, a reserve role. But since he kind of was off, like, he ended up hurting his foot, I think is what it was. Yeah, it was um, a foot injury we really didn't get a chance to see that and you know maybe he got like mark robinson like we can't totally dismiss like him working his way into like um you know a 53-man roster spot or you know maybe some rotation down the down the line in the season if things get really bad again um but i think a lot of people were asking kind of those questions including myself like you look at their kind of cap sheet and it's like they've got two and a half million dollar holds for Spillane and Allen and they have drafted Buddy Johnson and drafted Mark Robinson. You still paying Devin Bush, you know, first rounder money you signed miles Jack. I mean, that's a lot of money for that position, but it's like, they're just, I feel like they're just trying to figure out, all right, we got to get two guys. Like we got to yeah. find some formula to get two guys and a lot better play than what we got last year. So.
1: Yeah. It's all just a mix and match. See what happens. I, I don't know. I would very much so like to see Devin prove himself, but you know, we'll see that. And right now it still is Devin and miles as the ones. And then Spillane works his way in there. But I think that's still notable, but, and something that you have to keep it on. Eye- once we put pads on Brian Flores said it best. You can't judge an inside linebacker until you put pads on. So once they put pads on, on Monday, I think a lot of things change and that's when we could get our first evaluation of, okay, you know, Dev, Devin, This is rough or okay. Devin looks pretty. All right. We'll see what, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Let's finish this off with some Jordan Howard talk. The Steelers brought in the former Philadelphia Eagle for a tryout yesterday. This comes literally four days after they signed Jeremy McNichols to their last open roster spot. They cut a, they cut a running back to sign another running back. And now they bring in Jordan Howard and Josh Adams to try out for the team. What is your takeaway there? Because like I don't even like we have to dig into who Jordan Howard is. But I think on top of that, like my first thought was this makes no sense. It would have made so much more sense on Monday morning than it does right now.
0: Yeah, it is kind of interesting timing, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know that it specifically has anything to do with McNichols um or any of the backs in particular it just might be one of those things where um they kind of got into mini camp and the first you know several days of training camp and are like yeah we know 100 percent that this is not good enough behind yeah, us that. and it might just be one of those conversations or they might be looking at you know maybe maybe one of the backs is kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury that he may, may need some time off um i'm not really 100 percent sure um but you know, I think it's interesting that they tried out Howard though, because of the pedigree behind some of the things that he's been able to do in the NFL. Like not a not a star by any means, but like a, a quality mm-hmm. running back who has a lot of experience. I mean, I think he's got over four thousand rushing yards um, yeah, in his career. A veteran who's been around on a couple of different teams. He's he's played with Trubisky. That's another thing. Maybe they're just trying to get the old Chicago band back together. James Daniels, oh, he did Anthony play Miller. With
1: Trubisti. You forget that Jordan Howard started his career in Chicago. Like yeah. that's it's been a long time. Yeah, that's very true. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah
0: so maybe, maybe we're just getting the band together. But I I think um it's notable just because of the guys that they have behind Najee. Um, I think if there's one back that I would definitely say is a stock down for me, just on, from the outside looking in. Um, early on in training camp, it's probably McFarland. And I don't oh, see. I
1: disagree even. with that. I just see. I don't know
0: how he's looked, but like to me, when they signed to McNichols, yeah, I immediately thought, like, yeah, Ant's gonna have a problem beating this guy out for a roster spot.
1: Yep, I thought that coming into camp, but what's changed my opinion on that? It's not that he's looked good because it's tough to judge a running back until pads are on, it's the same thing as you know, any other physical uh, position. What, What has caught my attention is that there are plays designed. With the ones where McFarland is playing a halfback role and they're running like misdirection handoffs to him while somebody else is in the backfield and they're or they're handing off to the backfield mr misdire- or fake handing off to McFarland that's what caught my eye it's like why would you have yeah why would you have roles for this guy if if that's not and that's, that's what I think point. mcFarland's that's that's where McFarland's going to play. Like you can't he's not going to be a running back, but he could be that halfback misdirection, try to get him into open space guy. And I I think it's been 2 years we're waiting for that.
0: They did they did throw in that like stop and go like fade with the game on the line against Washington. Oh, so, I know. <laughs> I mean maybe they're trying to go back to featuring him. I don't know. Um no, I de- I definitely um I definitely think ants talented enough to make the roster it's just a it's just a thing where um to me when i'm looking at the guys on the roster i just think Snell's special teams experience is going to weigh heavily in their thought process i mean when you get when you get to the end of the roster special teams matters like there's a reason why when you go look at like the list of free agents you can find guys that you've seen on sundays when you watch red zone that have scored touchdowns before and you're like, why ain't this guy on a roster? Because they're probably either no longer good enough to be like the top two or three option on their team anymore, but they ain't playing special teams. And that's the reason, that's really what kind of makes or breaks you. Um, and Benny has done that, and he's done that at a pretty high level since he's been here, despite never yep. really being more than anything but an adequate runner. So um, we'll have to see that the Howard signing did make me kind of, I know I sent it to you as soon as I saw it, but it did make me kind of tilt my head a little bit. Like, that's really interesting. That's really. Yeah, it's
1: and, and, you know, nothing's been official yet. So we'll wait and see. But I don't know. Like, and if he does sign, if you do add Jordan Howard to this mix. You have to assume that he's probably I don't want to say definitely, but he's probably going to end up as the number two.
0: So, oh yeah, I would. Oh yeah. Even if you right. kept Benny, I would think that. Even
1: if you kept Benny, yeah. So, but you'd keep Benny, do you? And you just get rid of everybody else. Like you'd have, you're not gonna walk Pro- probably with four that's, running backs.
0: Yeah. Well, this team they did maybe they did uh, last maybe year. Well, yeah, yeah but maybe true. other teams. Well, that I flipped my lid about that last year too. There's no point in the Steelers carrying four running backs because they're gonna no. play Najee eighty five percent of the snaps. So there's yeah. no point in doing that. Can um, <laughs> imagine? But. But at least like but that's the thing. I feel like when Howard comes into the game, if if that if he has any juice left, um, you know, at least defenses have to respect him and he he's yeah. gonna command a little bit of attention um as a threat, you know. And that's that's kind of what made me think like maybe they are finally going to lighten the start and running backs workload. I mean, Najee even said it to you guys um, earlier this week when they were talking about reducing his workload, he was like, look, it's probably another running back. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably how you do it. You're probably going to have to get another running back in here. Um, And that, you know, Jordan Howard, I think could certainly do that if he's got any juice. left. Oh yeah. I, I think Jordan Howard's a guy
1: that a lot of people in the media have pushed for, for the Steelers to sign. I think he makes a lot of sense. That I have some conflict because I just think that Anthony McFarland has potential and it's been untapped by untimely injuries and, you know, a rookie season that shouldn't even have counted. And like you said, there's no, like, at no point should you have thrown a fourth down pass to this guy with the game online against Washington on the sideline. Like that just should never have happened. And I think that was the beginning of the downfall. I think that he has like the create weird plays for him upside and I would like to see that stick, but like you said, like Benny's special teams is priceless for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're not going to get rid of that. So if they walk in with four running backs, it's a terrible, terrible move, but I mean, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be if they walked into four running backs this season, and it was Najee, Jordan Howard, Benny Snell, and Anthony McFarland. that's still a better situation than how they walked into last season with Najee, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and Kalen Balazs. So, it, you know, it's an upgrade. It's a terrible decision, but it's an upgrade.
0: And I think, too, um, you know, the Howard thing may or may not come to fruition we really don't know what's about what was behind that trial but it at least shows that there's some level of interest or intrigue in terms of adding somebody to the room and i think that is worth noting in and of itself regardless of what happens with howard because we're going to see more cuts as we kind of travel through this preseason course so there could be an interesting running back get released you know week two week three of the preseason um, and then we're having a conversation. Maybe the Steelers swoop in and you know sign sign a vet for cheap. And I, I think you and I have talked enough about that on here for months now. That 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 would be a good idea for them to do. So um, I would very much be in favor, regardless if it's Howard or you know another guy that gets released later on.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Could you imagine if they walk into like week three of the preseason and it's Najee Harris, Jordan Howard? Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarland, and like two other random vets that they picked up along the way. And you're just like, wow, have we come a long, a long way, way. Yeah. from Jalen Warren and Mateo Durant rocking with.
0: And I, I like, I mean, we, we talked about Warren and Durant too. I like those guys, and I think one of them yeah. will probably end up on the practice squad. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. But I just, I think if you really want to get serious about lightning, you know, Najee's workload, it's probably got to come from a vet. And I I almost think, too, what made me think about it is I almost think that you need a veteran to come in and be on the roster because I think it's more difficult on Tomlin and the offensive coaches to neglect a vet than it is to neglect a Mateo Durant or Jalen Warren or somebody like – you know what I'm saying? Like if Howard's over there, he's an established player in the league, and if you go and give him five snaps – We've seen them do this, like Najee play 90-something percent of snaps, Lev play 90 percent of snaps, to Connor, whatever. You're not going to do that probably with Howard on the sideline, but I think oh. if they stick with their current rotation. D'Angelo Williams. I could see it. Yeah. D'Angelo Williams. I just think it would be harder. <laughs> I'm not saying they won't do it. Look, I, I like I we've talked about, man, I refuse to believe that Tomlin's going to change his mindset with the no. running back rotation or committee until I physically see it with my own two eyes. It's yeah. got to happen in live color. Like, but until, until that happens, man, I'm not going to fully believe it, but I do think it's more difficult when you have a guy that's at least proven and you can't use that excuse of, well, experience or, well, we don't want to lose, you know, anything like that. So.
1: No, I agree. I agree. it's, <laughs> <laughs> I will never believe it until I see it, just like you just said there. <laughs> I might be a little bit more skeptical than most, but you know, we'll wait and see. All we're heading out of here. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to, to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all steelers talk and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Derek's got a 53-man roster projection on Monday morning. So make sure you check that out at allsteelers.com. Training camp goes today and then a little break until monday morning so everybody enjoy your weekend we'll be back next week peace